Welcome back, everybody. We have a special show for y'all today. Uh, this is going to be the third appearance of the rock star around here, Agnew Wilson. Um, I love this guy. I feel like I can talk to him about anything. I've never met him in person, but I've talked to him maybe about four or five hours now. And to be honest, I don't talk that much with people that I don't really want to talk to about. Because it's silly. I mean, I love my coworkers and all, but it's like I can't talk to them about any of this stuff. At work, it's all about math and what we're doing. And it's, I can crack some jokes here and there, but it's not like we can get really get deep into it. And it sucks because in lunchtime, like, they'll be talking about some stuff, and I want to chime in so bad, like, I'm biting my tongue. I'm like, dude, y'all are missing the whole point, but you have to learn how to pick your battles. And to the battle that I want to talk about what today is this movie that Agnew turned me on to. And it's interesting because I had heard about this movie so much, and if you're in the truther movement, I'm sure you've heard some of the clips that have come from this movie. It's called The Network. Uh, uh, hi, Agnew. No, Let's not The Network. It's just called network oh okay network. well that actually yeah. is very that creates a very big schism in my head because it yeah it's completely and it changes the whole trip network it's right just network. yeah just network because yeah there's so many networks but the whole movie is implying there's only one at the end so yeah. do you know what year this came out uh, agnew i can't remember 1976 i'm I, almost sure 76 and it actually got some awards right oh lots of awards uh uh best act uh, best supporting actor for um, William Holden, Faye Dunhamway, West uh, won for Best Actress. Yeah, um, and uh, Patty Shayevsky is a famous screenwriter in here. So I, I haven't done any. Uh, I wanted to do some research on Patty Shayevsky because you know he's the one that is the screenwriter for the fucking movie, excuse, or for the friggin' movie. So he's the one that would be that would be an interesting um, research thing is to look up what kind of work he was doing. Yeah, I'm just going to look you know? at the synopsis of it right now. Uh, but it's really... Because, it's, in, 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 you know, in the, uh, in the Illuminati world, this is a classic example of what's known as revelation of the method. Right, right. And at the end, it's especially when we get to it. classic example of it, yeah. yeah. Okay, so here, I'm just going to give you all the description of the movie. Uh, right here it goes. A television network cynical, cynically exploits a deranged former anchor's ravings and revelations about the news media for its own profit, but finds that his message may be difficult to control. And yeah, essentially what this whole movie is, is this guy. We're going to start off. I wrote notes to kind of guide the people along the movie, and this is definitely going to be spoiler alerts, and the movie's old, so if you haven't watched it, go watch it. Uh, I watched it, and I, I try to break it up because the movie's two hours long, right? And I, I don't really have time. Yeah. So I watched it in segments, but once I got to like the middle part when I was texting you, Agnew, I was like, oh shit, yeah. I had to, and I finished it. It was really late, but I finished it. Yeah. It was just that yeah. captivating. Okay, so let's start the movie. Um, the movie starts with a Howard Beale. He's a, a news reporter, but he's like legit old school reporting, and he was just about the straight facts. But his ratings are tanking, so he gets very depressed, and they tell him that they're going to take his show off the air. And so he jokes around about the idea that he's going to commit suicide. And I think it's very important to note this, that the fact that it wasn't until he contemplated his own death that he comes to the truth. And it's very strange because his whole thing that happens throughout this movie is like very psychedelic in a sense, because in a part of the movie, he says that he feels connected to everything. And I think this is all stems back from the idea that he was willing to die. 
And that's kind of the whole thing with this whole truther movement. It's not until you really go all the way in or jump all the way in or are willing to die for this cause that you're like, fuck it, I'm going to tell the truth no matter what. So this is how he starts off. Um, and if you want to jump in with anything, I need just go yeah, ahead yeah, and jump go in. Ahead, okay? just go ahead. Okay. Give the synopsis of it for sure. Okay. And so no, because I, I'm 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 guiding the people. Well, the I hood. want I did want to interject something when you talk about in the mention you talk about you know that at the beginning his ratings are down. So it's really important to understand the media and to understand net, the major networks of this country. Right. They're in business. They're the last thing they're in business to do is to entertain us even though that's their first priority. So it's a double-edged sword. Their big, their big, their true interest is in making money. Right. So they have, it's a dual-edged sword. So he's getting screwed by ratings. And the point of, they hammer it in the beginning of the movie, they talk about ratings over and over again to let you know that this is, what they give us that they that is given to us in a way that we're led to believe that they care and they want to inform us right. and they you know i mean and they want to make sure that we know what's you know all that stuff is a psyop because 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 what they're doing is <clears throat> they'll sell their mother being raped if it'll make more money than the last night's ratings right yeah and that's how that. yeah that's a point in the movie where diane diana which is a very important name that you should research has to do actually do with the goddess of hunting and capturing and the power is the moon but diana in this movie she's the programmer she decides what's going to go on television and it's very interesting how her her character is kind of the archetype of like that, the programmer. She's going to manipulate and indoctrinate and get the masses to see the world through a certain lens. And, and by the way, in her personal life, she has no capability of having any sexual um, uh, uh, enjoyment. She gets off really fast. She All she's focused on, all she wants to do is watch television. Yes. She lives and breathes and walks television and even during sex if they make it a point she's a real that's why she gets the, the you know she won best actress she doesn't even stop talking about ratings and about making more money and about getting this deal and all that while she's getting fucked yeah exactly i found that very interesting too and then she like bust really quick at the at right, her right it's it's on and she tells him up front that i i i'm frigid and i'm gonna come really fast when we have sex she lets him know right up front she basically lets him know that she's a broken individual and and in, in in essence just a slave to this this news cycle that we call the network right right she's a slave to it an unwitting slave to it and she's inured by it and there's nothing that she can do you can see there's par portions of the movie you can see where there's a flicker of a second where she has a struggle between her humanity and the enslavement of this news cycle, this network that she's in bed with, basically, right. literally, figuratively, and 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 she's broken by it, and she's incapable of any human interaction. And that's another great point about the, what the film does and about what television, in particular, does to the human brain and the human consciousness not only on a singular level, on an individual level, brain by brain, 
house by house, but on a collective level, state by state, country by country. Right, exactly. It, 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 it spreads out everywhere. Yep, it's like a virus, literally. Okay, literally. So, so okay, so we go around. So we 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 start with Howard. He's depressed and he jokes around that he's gonna kill himself. And then comes in his friend Max. Max is kind of like the president of the news division of that television station. They work for UBS. It's very interesting because in my head, as I was listening, just the idea of their, their synonyms for their TV station is UBS. So yeah, it's, which is CBS. Right, but but if you think about it, it's like you bullshit. It, it's kind of that's the image that I got in my head. Like that's what I kept right. seeing when it, like right. you bullshit. So it's kind of like something I don't know. I don't know how to explain that, but it's just a little trick on the mind that I feel right. like playing. So his friend Max, who's the president, he says, "No, don't do it. But if you are going to do it, at least uh, let's make a segment out of it. Let's make something uh, a huge thing about it." Like he says, "We'll make a series out of it. A suicide of the week." assassinations well, right well because in the beginning of the movie what happens is they have a thing on the news where these this this you know offshoot you know symbionese liberation army kind of group uh robs a bank right and see and she diana the character the protagonist of the movie sees that and thinks it's a great idea let's show people let's make a tv show centered around a live clip of some horrible thing happening in our society it doesn't matter what it is right. and then we'll do a whole show around it that week right yeah and let me let me interject something that's out of the Tavistock that's relevant to that out of this current it says in his article on the cartelization of the news industry jeffrey steinberg explains that even the live coverage of car crashes gang murders rapes natural disasters wars terrorist acts is served upon the basis of careful studies conducted at the neurological divisions of the leading medical schools. In recent decades, psychological warfare experts have unveiled a new pseudoscience called victimology, developed by the London Tavistock Institute, which is premised upon the theory that individuals can be put through trauma by being exposed to shockingly graphic visual accounts of violence right. this type of brainwashing according to lionel wolf is called selective retention wow. television causes people to suspend their critical judgment capabilities because the combination of sound which is very important and images places the individual in a dreamlike state which limits cognitive powers if you were to summarize the news items what would you say that we are living in a violent and degraded society. In other words, a degraded view of man as animal killing, murdering, raping innocent people the world over. Secondary image, economic collapse, fear and hopelessness. You are left with this vivid, this, with this vivid, vivid image of society planted in your head. It is painted thus because not cognitive thoughts, not because of cognitive, was used as, uh, uh, to arrive at the real story behind the events. Hal Beckett, there's just one more little bit, Hal Beckett from the future group contends that through the control of television news programming, he can create popular opinion by manipulating the way you think and act. Americans think they are governed by some bureaucrats in Washington who make laws and hand out money. How wrong they are. Americans are ruled by their prejudices, and their prejudices are organized by public opinion. We think that we make, we make up our minds about everything. We are conceited. 
Public opinion makes up our minds. It works our herd instinct like we are frightened animals. Where did you get that from? This is in the Tavistock book. Holy shit, damn. Yeah, that's fucking powerful. That, right now, while you were saying that, the image I got in my head, like, imagine you had a human. And I know this sounds mm-hmm. unethical, but imagine you right. had a human in a room. And all he had to see the outside world was a television. How fucked up would his image of humanity How be? How fucked up would they be? Right. Horribly fucked up. They would think that all there is out there is murder and death. And this reminds right. me of a quote that John Lennon says. He says something along the lines of, um, we kill and murder publicly out in the streets and we hide to make love. And it's like, yeah, I mean, we're not going to be fucking in the streets, but yeah, that's, it's obviously what you see most right. of out in the real world is death and murder. And I, I don't want to be right. fear-mongering, but guys... This I, is I, no, we're... you're not. And because this, it ties in beautifully with network because what they're spelling out in the script and what, they're, and what Patty Shiasky does so brilliantly in this screenplay. And let me tell you, I've known some great Hollywood screenwriters and I've known some bad ones. It's not easy to do a good screenplay. So, and, and the fact that he uses the number 33 in it is really telling to me that it's like, that dude is a high level Illuminati Mason. There's just no way about it. There's right. no way, uh, in no way in hell that they could have put the number 33 so insignificantly and yet so importantly in out and through the movie three times, which is significant. Uh, and so, the, so when you're narrating what the part about the narration that you're talking about, it speaks because they want to they want to start making shows, and so in the movie they want to start selling whatever sells, and they see that violence, and so they start they want to sell whatever will get people emotional. Mm-hmm. Right. So go on with the with okay. what happens. So okay. So uh, again, the, his friend Max was was kidding or joking around with. We'll make a suicide of the week. We'll make assassinations, mad bombers, auto crashers, and he gleefully says that it would be the death hour. And that's kind of what the news is. It's all about really right. death. It is murder. the death hour. It, we're, we're in a death cult culture. Right. Okay. I mean, this is the beast system. That is. I mean, that's why they use gematria and everything. We are in a death cult culture. The cult of Baal, for sure. Right. Right. Okay, and so after that, we have a peak. Uh, I think this is one of the first scenes that I, I don't know, I, I didn't really grow up back then, but I've, they show a scene of the newsroom and how it operates and how there's people yeah. on a table deciding, okay, this is what we're going to put first, then we go to commercials. And it's very interesting yeah. because it's like, wow, you get a peek at behind the scenes of how they're producing and creating all of this stuff right. that people just gobble up. So, right. okay, so we and have... And might I add that everything that is written, everything that you hear a reporter, for the most, 95% what you hear a reporter... It's all carefully crafted, so they know how down to the second, within two or three seconds, how long it's going to take a reporter to say something. It's carefully crafted like that. Yeah. And let me remind you also that these producers, these people, a lot of these reporters, a lot of the directors, a lot of the people in these news organizations are schooled indirectly through institutes from the Tavistock Institute and Frankfurt School, just so you know. Right, right, right. Good. This is a concerted effort on on a massive scale, like people could ne- would never even want to open their eyes to. Right. And that's why this movie is not so, it shouldn't be entertaining, it should be informing, it should be a textbook. Like this movie you can watch over and over and get deeper into, oh my God, I see what, oh my God, because... <laughs> It's really a slick film, right. and if and you can miss a lot of stuff. Like that's why I own it, and I every now and then I like refresh myself about about the media because it's so easy to forget about the power 
of that television and those people right. that put what they call the news out. Right, right. Okay, so let's move along. Okay, so yeah. after um, they show that scene of them producing the news, we have Howard. He's given his, this is the first time we see him do the news, and he says that he's going to, that he's been told he's going to end the show in two weeks, so that he says that he's going to blow his brains out. Hopefully that'll get the ratings up. And all the producers don't notice it because they're all talking to each other because Howard's boring. They don't really like what he's been doing. So only one catches in and says, dude, Howard just said he's going to blow his brains out on the TV. And they all frantically try to end it while they're on commercials. And so then um, all the other news stations begin reporting on just that, that Howard said, I'm going to kill myself on TV. And it becomes the big thing, like the, the news uh, 24 hours cycle. That's what it all becomes about. So then we have a big shot, uh, Frank Hackett, and he's played by Robert Duvall. And he is. The and he's a. Oh my God, if you want to see a real asshole in action, that Robert Duvall plays a prick. You're right, I, I love mean, it. He's like a grade A. He, he, and listen, because I live here in Hollywood for the last 40, you know, 40 some years now. I've known all these types, I've worked around all these types, I've waited on these types. I've been to parties with these types. I know exactly, and they, he got it to a, like, oh my God, the guy was perfect. Yeah, it's he, exactly how they are. Yeah, he's a great actor. Um, okay, so Frank, played by Robert Duvall, he's the owner of the TV station, and he's pissed at, at, at Howard, I mean, for, for talking like this, for saying, that, saying all this sensational stuff on the news. And so he starts giving out orders on how to handle it and how to erase it and how to make all of this go away. And then uh, Max, he comes in and he tries to stick up for him and say, hey, take it easy on him. And then um, um, Hank, I mean, Frank, played by Robert Duvall, he gets angry and he goes, don't talk to me like that. Your company has been losing $33 million a year. So that's the first go, 33. 33. Right. Okay. He goes, right. you've been losing $33 a year. But then uh, he, uh, Max re rebuttals. He says, we're, re we're responsible at a corporate level, not you. So Max is already, he's kind of hinting that he's being allowed to be on by higher powers than just him at a corporate level. And he says something along the lines, or this is just my thought, that the news is not there to inform you but entertain you, to mislead exactly. you, to sell you products and, through the commercials. All right, and that's it. And that, so they let that slip in like, like it's an opinion, right. but what they're telling you is what it really is. So that's the sneakiness of this. So the, it's not just portions of the movie are revolution of the method, the whole message of the movie is revelation of the method. That's why they put the number 33 in it. Mm -hmm. They're letting you know by, by just by, oh, by the way, kind of like that, that's the news is not there to inform you. Mm -hmm. It's never been there to inform you. The lie is, is that everybody believes it is. However, they got to that lie. I'm not sure if you read the history and biography of William Randolph Hearst, you'll realize, I mean, that meant he did, they didn't listen. The news has never been there to inform us. Right. Maybe a local college paper on some level, but a major news outlet is not there to inform. The, that's the last thing. And especially now since 2014, with that law that was reversed, HR 4310, they now have the patent legal permission, which they were already doing, but now they have legal permission to outwardly produce and disseminate propaganda and lies. To the citizens of the United States. To, to this end of the world. Right. To anybody. What, say that again. Now, Which H HR is that? HR 4310. And there's two attending laws. It's a law that was put into place in 1948 
specifically designed to keep the media and news outlets from spreading any kind of propaganda either created by them or the government and or producing fake news stories of any type. Right. And it was, it was also meant to it was also meant to keep like the the reporters uh, not on either, not without bias. They weren't allowed right, to like, right, have right, bias. Right. 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 Yeah. And so and so Obama reversed it in 2014. Right. I have all the laws like there are, you can go to web, government websites. This is not like you know, this isn't like something I saw on YouTube. You can go to the government websites. Yeah. So, I mean, it's, you know, it's, this is real. You know, this isn't conspiracy theory, theory stuff, even though it falls in the heading. If you tell anybody out there. Right. So y'all look it up if y'all need to. HR 4310. Okay. Yeah. So moving along. So after this little scene, <clears throat> we have another scene and we have Max and Diane and they're in this like room where they kind of uh, watch tapes before they, so they can choose whether that's going to be part of the news or not. So we have Diane and Max, and they're sitting and they're watching that video that you were talking about, the robbery from the ecumenical group. They're kind of right. a terrorist type of group, but they have supposedly good ideals, but we'll get to that later. So she's watching this footage of like a bank robbery happening in place. So someone's recording it as it's happening. And she's like so happy. She's so ecstatic. She's like, oh my God, this is going to be so good for our ratings. And she's so happy. And then as they're watching this, Howard calls and he's, he calls his, his, his homie, Max. He says, um, hey, Max, it's me, Howard. Um, I know I said that, but I want to be able, can you at least let me go back on the air one more time so I can say goodbye and not come out looking like a clown? And so Max is like, oh, okay, I guess. Yeah, I mean, that's a good thing. You should come back and be able to say goodbye. So after this, Diane leaves, and she's, like, so ecstatic and so happy. And she goes back. Uh, she gathers her group, her little Ponzi that, sh that helps her around the news station make the news and stuff. And she gathers them all, and she says that she got a good source of footage from the ecumenical terrorist group that records all of their wrong deeds. And then um, she said that they can have a constant series of these guys and hire writers to make stories to go along with the footage. She thinks right, and, and, and right here, let me interject. Yeah. So from the Tavistock book, so here it says, Emery, <clears throat> Emery and Trist indicated that the more a person watches television, the less he or she understands, the more he, ex he or she accepts, and the more he or she becomes disassociated from his or her own thought process. Right. Television is much more magical than any other consumer product because it makes things normal. It packages and homogenizes fragmentary aspects of reality. That's important, fragmentary. In, it constructs an acceptable reality, the myth, out of largely unacceptable ingredients. To confront the myth would be to admit that one was ineffective, isolated and incapable. It, television images, becomes and is the truth. In this manner, the nightly news on your favorite television news show serves to reinforce your opinion of what the world around you looks and smells like. Right. And what is that opinion? That we live in a world of unspeakable violence and perversion, that human beings are degrading and violent creatures who murder, rape, destroy, and spread hatred everywhere they go in the name of whatever right. isms, happen to be in the vogue at the moment they tell us that that's who we are do you understand so it's so this violent society this degraded desensitized traumatized narcissistic childlike messed up society that we are now living in was 
systematically, categorically, and carefully scripted and created through the nightly news, you know, uh, our music industry, all of that. And so in this scene, it's really important to see this because this is, this is the birth of a new type of news reporting that did start taking place around about the same time that this film was made. Exactly. They did start actually in America at the time. It started to become more in vogue where they started doing shit like this. Right, right. They wanted to show more violence because what they saw was that the more crap that you put on TV, the higher the ratings went. It's so what and see and see and it, they keep referring to this and if you if you blink you'll miss it through the movie. They're constantly referring to how much more money they're making off the crap that they're selling. Right. And it's said and it's put in the film in such a way that you're almost like happy for them because you're rooting for the actual wolves because in the way it's spoken in the script by the actors, oh, that's great. You guys are making more money because you guys are selling. Oh, that's great. No, it's not great because this is, this is, this is not the beginning, but it's a ramp up from the Tavistock Institute that started in the 70s, especially in the 60s of the music industry, but it started more so in television, the news industry in the 70s. It, they started to ramp the propaganda up big time and they started doing it by more desensitization they have to desensitize and demoralize us so that's why she has in this so in the so in this film clip in the part of the movie there you're describing this is where the birth of all these shows starts taking place exactly dude i love your motivation you're like so deep into it you're running out of breath <laughs> you can't even <laughs> catch this it. movie so so many times and i get so i get so uh amped amped about it because there's so much incredible like it's like really an informative textbook like it's the it's a gift that just keeps on giving because we're saturated by media right now right okay. and and it's all crafted out of these mother efforts at the tavistock institute and frankfurt school and all of their subsidiaries which are by the thousands right you right. know they have the tavistock institute there's a place here in miami where Reporters from all over the country go, both local and you know national news reporters and journalists, go by the hundreds and thousands to this school down in Miami to take these courses for journalism, and it's all Tavistock Institute inspired, <clears throat> you know. And so what's happening is even in you know I have a, a girlfriend studying psychology to get her doctorate in psychology, and she's telling me you know most of the textbooks that she's reading. It's all globalist mm, bullshit. <laughs> right. Excuse my language. It's all globalist stuff that's coming out of the Tavistock Institute. Exactly. And so it's really important. So this movie, so this is the birth in this part of the movie where they start, it starts spreading like cancer because they see how much money it can, it, it can, it can make. <clears throat> and therein lies the rub because <clears throat> it starts to get to the point where, you know, like it is now where, they tell everything on TV. Right, right. Okay, so like we were, like I was saying, so Diane's like showing her little group this idea that she's gonna make uh, a new segment with terrorist video and create stories out of it. So this is what she says. I wrote down. This is quote what she says. Right. In a nutshell, the American people are turning sullen. They've been clobbered by by Vietnam, Watergate, inflation. They've turned off, shot up, and fucked themselves limp. 
and nothing helps. So this concept analysis I am trying to brief you on concludes that the American people want somebody to articulate their rage for them. I told y'all people six months ago that I want angry shows. I don't want conventional programming on this network. I want counterculture. I want anti-establishment. She goes on ah. to say that she wants to be the best show and that this is what, and this is that, and, and then she goes on to say this, which is very telling, pay attention. She goes, we need a winner for next September. I want a show developed based on the activities of a terrorist group. I want ideas from you people. That's what you're paid for. That alone right, right there is now, very- now, 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 she, this is why she got best actress. She has a couple of, a couple of monologues. I'm so glad you saved that because listen to me, her dialogue, that dialogue that she's speaking, we're, the audience is hearing it as if, as if it's being told to them and it may or may not become their own idea and, and, and they're believing it on one level. And so it's like, this is how these people at the Tavistock Institute and these Illuminati and these, you know, this is how they get their magic out and they get their conditioning out because she's literally saying, people want to see. How do you know people want to see? Right. Who says you? I mean, it, there's no, there's no, it's just like pumped at you. As if it's a natural given, like, oh, yeah, you just discovered this, and this is what we've all been waiting for. Right. No, that's the, it, 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 it may look and sound and feel like that, and that's the magic in it. It's the complete opposite. This is being, it's a setup. Right. These people are finding, they finally found a way to get to our consciousness, which is through these television screens. Right. And just that, that alone reminded me of the movie Inception. Uh, there's a part where DiCaprio, he's saying something like he's trying to explain how do you get somebody to genuinely change their mind? And he says something along the lines is you implant the idea and you get them to think that they came up with the idea themselves. You can't tell them because then that'll be like, oh, they're being guided. No, you have to get inside their mind, plant the idea and let them bring it out themselves. And this is what this movie kind of does. Right. Okay. So See, everybody says right here really quickly. Tavistock knows that ideas are more powerful than any standing army. To get people to accept their, their imperial ideas, Tavistock seeks to control the way people think, especially science, the area where human powers of hypothesis and creative reason become a force for improvements in the order of nature. If you can control how we think, you control how we respond to events around us, no matter what these events might be. Mm -hmm. This process is called paradigm shift, an overturning of existing sets of assumptions about society. So what they're doing by feeding us all of this stuff that these people are now starting to create in the movie is they're creating, that's where the paradigm shift is existing, mm -hmm. where they start creating it's more, and it's also another thing which is known as topological psychology. It's 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 Hegelian dialectic of the mind. I mean, it's like so many things. They're setting up in our minds collectively ideas about quote unquote society that are basically opinionated conjecture about one event that has already passed. So there's a shred of truth in it and the rest of it is all this other stuff. And then they spin it and they sprinkle fairy dust on it and they put it on TV. 
and they package it and they get it so that what we think we're hearing is the truth about our world and what we're getting is the lies about our world and we're getting a new world order in programmed into our brain by all this conditioning because the new world order really has to take place in our consciousness first we have to submit to it and the only way we it, it can happen is by the submission this magic only works by submission of the victim right 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 very interesting all right so let's move on so after that uh, she tells them that's what you're paid for guys to come up with ideas and stories to write so after that we have a uh, frank Duval again, he's like in front of all the shareholders and he's telling them that they're gonna, there's a, they're gonna have a new plan. They're gonna get rid of the lowest, uh, the lowest rated show, which is that news division that Max owns, that he's in charge yeah. of. And he says um, that they're planning to sell that time slot and that the news division would be, quote, reduced from an independent news division to a department accountable to network. So there you go. There you have it. You don't no longer have an independent journalistic system which people come out and speak their truth and their what they want to talk about. Now it's going to be under the control, under the umbrella of a corporate system where all the news is disseminated from the top. I'm sure you've seen that video, uh, Agnew, where they have right. the news and then they flip the channels. All the different news all across the country are saying the right. same exact thing. Right, because there's now six major corporations that own all the news corporations and of those six, those are owned by BlackRock. Right. So what's happening is they're, they're talking about the pyramid. They're, what they're showing us now in this revelation of the method is the hierarchical nature of the pyramid that they work for, that mm -hmm. they work in. Right. Because they're just worker bees of the pyramid, the media. Yeah, they just follow the orders from the top. Yeah. Okay, so after that, Max gets pissed because he was there, he was listening to He's like... He goes up to one of the other guys. I think his name was Ed. I, I don't really remember because he's very rare in the movie. But he goes up to it and he goes, what the hell? What are y'all doing? I thought I was covered by uh, the people on top. They, they said that I was going to be here and remain here. Why are y'all telling me that you're going to take me off the air? And then um, the producer, uh, let's see what happens. Okay, so after that, uh, that scene ends. And then we have Howard. He comes on and he's going to say his goodbyes. He's going to say that. He was just angry, and that's why he said he was going to kill himself. But he's just angry about all the bullshit. And then he says that the word bullshit on the air, and then all the producers panic, and they try to cut him off. But Max, since he's pissed off and he's going to be taken off the air, he's like, nah, fuck it, leave him on. Let him say what he wants to say. And then Howard goes on about how, quote, how can anyone look out there, uh, how can anyone... How, how anyone can look out there and look around this slaughterhouse of a world we live in and tell me man is a noble creature. I'll tell you that man is full of bullshit. So like, this is his first instance of speaking truth, of saying, man, this world is pretty fucked up. And uh, how dare y'all say that we're, we're cool and we're noble. And he's kind of like this first instance of his telling him the truth. Which, it, by the way, is more gaslighting. Right, so yes. a lot of people like to identify with him and think that he's this noble character in this revelation of the movie movie that the illuminati have made for us and he's no more noble than any of the other characters in the movie because what he says about mankind is farthest from the truth right. everything that comes out of their mouths in that movie they want us to believe mm -hmm. it's not true that we're like ennobled creatures and we all that that's completely the opposite i know it you know it most people don't know that. Most people will buy that because of the way he's presented, his acting is so good. 
the way the script is written, they present it like he's a hero. He's no more of a hero than any of the other people in the movie, which is which most people don't cannot see. Right. He's just more. He's one more dude in there mocking us. Yeah, and he's literally a puppet. We'll see. We'll discuss it later. He's yeah. literally like a conduit for the for, for their message. So okay. So after he's given that little rant, and here comes the second instance of the number thirty-three. He says, "I've been married for 30, 30, 33 years, and I'm just ran out of bullshit." So that's the second instance. And right. then after that, it it, it skips. This, it, it goes to the next scene, and Max they call him into to meet with Ed, one of the big shots, and he tells him that um, he's responsible for all of this crap that's going on TV, so Max, you're gonna be fired now for reals. And then Max gets angry and he's like, um, why have I been kept out of the loop? Ever since CCA acquired control of the UBS systems 10 months ago, things has been changing, what's going on? So he's starting to see that somebody is trying to take control over this whole TV station. And then the next scene, um, <clears throat> this is a very interesting, interesting scene, um, Okay, she goes, uh, Diane comes into the office, and she check, She comes in, like you said, she's all about the TV. So the first thing she does in the morning is she, pick up, she picks up the tabloids to see what the ratings of her TV station are. That's all she wants to figure out, how, how good is she doing. And then she demands, uh, she notices that people liked it. People liked that he said bullshit on the air and that he was kind of speaking some truth. And then she demands, she goes to the higher-ups, and she wants Howard on. She says that Howard is, quote, a later-day prophet a magnificent messianic figure in vain against the hypocrisies of our times. And she throws up the 666 several times while she's saying right. this. She's right. like doing the okay sign. And this Which is all incredible because, again, we're getting more feel-good. Okay, so, again, we're getting, we're getting her to, like, emotionalize him for us about what a great guy he is. Right. It's really important to, like, remember this. It... it, it if you're going to be watching it to be entertained, it's okay as long as you don't know what's going on. Right. There's no way you can watch it for entertainment value once you know it's why it took me, like I said, a while to really see that this whole movie is basic witchcraft. Right. And, and you know yeah. what that, that scene made me think of? Alex Jones. Because he's like, he seems like this guy that, yeah, he's revealing the truth and all, but what if he's just a plant, a puppet to, to get us to... But he's a Right. I mean... He's a shill. Anybody that is allowed um, a platform that can get on any kind of a platform that can get into our tablets and our phones and our laptops and our TV screens like that, they're letting to be on there, they're shills. They're shills, 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 shills. Because like even the book, The Illuminati Confessions of Illuminati, that guy is another shill for the Illuminati. Yeah, he gave me gives you a lot of information about them. Yeah, yeah, that's uh, so cool. I'm so glad. And at the same time, he's playing us. Right, yep, yeah. That's what you have to pay attention us. to. It's very hard to, like, uh, travel this path. So then right. we have a Diane. She's, like, trying to convince him. Like, she's talking to Frank, saying he's going to be this Latter-day Prophet, a, mas a Masonic figure. And then Frank, uh, he says, what are you talking about, Diane? Are we talking about putting a manifestly irresponsible man on national television? That's kind of what I, I kept thinking about Alex Jones right there. He seems like a lunatic, and yes, he speaks truth, but you have to be careful with where he's leading you. But as he's telling her this, he's selling himself on the, on the idea, and he says he's going to have a talk with the high host, but he doesn't want his, he's not going to lose his job over some loon. So and then we have the next scene. Frank is at the dinner meeting with the high ups, and he's like, okay, this is what we're going to do. And they all kind of just reluctantly agree, and he's like, if anything happens, it'll be on, on my head, but whatever. He, I, he's, not, he's just saying that to get them to agree. 
And by the way, that's really how a lot of deals are made in that industry and in Hollywood. A lot of deals are made by a group of like five or six old dudes like that that sit around a table and barely touch their meal. I've waited on them and, and, and you know, and like, you know, and, and like are there for an hour or two hours. That's how a lot of deals are made. Right. Okay. Basically, they're down in this movie mm -hmm. yeah it's a fucking really good like I, when i was watching i was like damn movies aren't like this anymore like they're more no they, they're not they're so they feel much more realer back then even though yeah, they're yeah. not bullshit but okay so then it's agreed they agree that they're gonna let howard go back on the air and he'll be the latter-day prophet exposing the hypocrisies of the time and they say that several times in the movie which is pretty strange i couldn't i didn't really capture why but i found this they say it like six times yeah so after that scene we have a secret meeting where ed visits max and he asked him to, to take back his re resignation because he needs every friend he gets. Because Ed, he's the guy that's, oh, he's realizing shit is changing. Something's trying to take control of this. So he's like, Max, I need you on my side. Just in case anything happens, I want all my friends on my side. So check out this. I recorded this part of the, because I need y'all to hear this. So check this out. This is Ed and Max. Here we go. Hmm, hold on. Hold on. I'm gonna stop this right now. Hold on. Uh, damn, guys, that part it didn't record for some reason on my phone, but it, it's just essentially Ed asking for his help. He's like, "Hey, man, something's happening. I need you to stay on board and um, be here because we don't know what's gonna happen, and I might need your help in the future." And then so Howard goes on, but they don't show this appearance for some reason, and we just have the narrator. He says that the ratings at first did good, but then they started dropping after the novelty of the show faded. So people liked it, but they quickly were, they got over it. So next and is- again, again, it's important. They bring up the ratings, the ratings, the rate. It gets brought up by one person or another in the dialogue throughout the entire movie. I mean, it's, it's, it opens basically showing you that that's all they're caring about and it closes the same way it's all about ratings right which is really important getting people's attention well making money it's a corporate entity ratings means corporate money right. that's all it means the more ratings they get the more corporate money they get the bigger the shares for the for the shareholders yeah. see this is see the news corporations are a workhorse like the uh, uh, entertainment music industry is a workhorse for the for the for the Illuminati. So it's a workhorse. So they have jobs to do, and they have money to make. Right. They don't care. They're they're told make the money any way you can. We don't care what you sell. We want more money. Right. That's the whole point of this film is ratings. Right. Okay. Corporate corporate power okay because that's the crux of this one of the main scene go ahead right right so next uh we have an interesting scene so like that narrator he said that the ratings were doing good but they kind of started dipping again and so now this is a very telling scene because we have diane um this scene sheds light into how the occult and the paranormal are used to benefit the dominators. And when talking about this stuff, I like to mention this quote from J.P. Morgan. He says, millionaires don't use astrology. Billionaires do. So that's very telling right there. It's just right. like the billionaires, right. the real big people, they're looking yeah, at... Yeah, they're the ones that have the power to the real magic, too. It's not, not everybody has this kind of access to this kind of magic. You need 
You need to know what's going on. It's not easy. Right. So in this scene, we have Diane. Literally, she comes out of the shadows because it's after after hours, and it's all the the office is dark, and she like pops out of the shadows, and she talks to uh, Max, and this is what she said. I recorded this one. Check this out. Real show was not auspicatory. The press was without exception hostile, and industry reaction negative. The ratings for the Thursday and Friday shows were both 14, but Monday's rating dropped a point, clearly suggesting the novelty was wearing off. Did you know there are a number of psychics working as licensed brokers on Wall Street? Some of them counsel their clients by use of tarot cards. They're all pretty successful, even in a bear market, and selling short. I met one of them last week and thought of doing a show around her, the wayward witch of Wall Street, something like that. But of course, if her tips were any good, she could wreck the market. So, I called her this morning and asked her how she was on predicting the future. She said she was occasionally prescient. For example, she said, I just had a fleeting vision of you sitting in an office with a craggy middle-aged man with whom you are or will be emotionally involved. And here I am. She does all this with tarot cards? No. This one operates on parapsychology. She has trance-like episodes and feels things in her energy field. I think this lady could be very useful to you, Max. In what way? Well, you put on a news show, and here's somebody who can predict tomorrow's news for you. Her name, aptly enough, is Sybil. Sybil the soothsayer. You could give her two minutes of trance at the end of a Howard Beale show, say, your once-a-week Friday, which is suggestively occult, and she could oraculate. Then next week, everyone tunes in to see how good her predictions were. Maybe she could do the weather. Your network news show is going to need some help, Max. It's going to hold Beale doesn't do the angry man thing well at all. To fetch uh, he's being irascible. We want a prophet, not a curmudgeon. He should do more apocalyptic doom. I think you should take it on a couple of writers to write some Jeremiah's for him. I see you don't fancy my suggestion. Well, you're not serious, are you? Oh, I'm serious. The fact is, I could make your Beale show the highest-rated news show in television if you'd let me have a crack at it. What do you mean, have a crack at it? I'd like to program it for you. Develop it. I wouldn't interfere with the actual news itself, but TV is showbiz, Max. And even the news has to have a little showmanship. God, you are serious. I watched your six o'clock news today. It's straight tabloid. Now, you had a minute and a half that lady riding a bike naked in Central Park. On the other hand, you had less than a minute of hard national and international news. It was all sex, scandal, brutal crime, sports, uh, children with incurable disease, and lost puppies. So I don't think I'll listen to any protestations of high standards of journalism. Now, you're right down in the street soliciting audiences like the rest of us. Look, all I'm saying is, if you're going to hustle, at least do it right. I'm going to bring this up at tomorrow's network meeting, but I don't like network castles, and I was hoping that you and I could work this out between us. Now, that's why I'm here. And I was hoping that you were looking for an emotional involvement with a craggy, middle-aged man. Oh, I wouldn't rule that out entirely. All right, Diana. You bring up all your ideas at the meeting tomorrow, because if you don't, I will. I think Howard's making a goddamn fool of himself, and so does everybody that Howard and I know in this industry. It was a fluke. It didn't work. So tomorrow, 
power goes back to the old format and all of this gun depravity comes to an end. I don't get it, Diana. You hung around until 7.30 and then came all the way down here just to pitch a couple of loony showbiz ideas when you knew goddamn well I'd laugh you right out of the office. I don't get it. What's your scam in this? Max, my little visit here tonight was a gesture made out of your stature in the industry. And because I personally admired you since I was a kid majoring in speech at the University of Missouri. But sooner or later, with or without you, I'm going to take over your network news show, and I figured I might as well start tonight. I, uh, think I once gave a lecture at the University of Missouri. I was in the audience. I had a terrible schoolgirl crush on you for a couple of months. If we could get back for a moment to that gypsy who predicted all that about uh, emotional involvements in middle-aged men. What are you doing for dinner now? And what do y'all guys think she says uh, about the dinner? Of course, she calls her husband and says, I'm not coming home tonight. So right. I mean, maybe some of that stuff you couldn't hear, but it's very telling. To me, what I got the sense of is that Max is literally speaking to the devil. The devil's offering to take over his TV to control and to program it so he can program the masses. And then, like, again, the devil is very beautiful. It comes to you with nice, soft words, and, and the devil will fuck you even. And um, so she agrees. She says, yeah, we're going to go out to dinner. Is there anything in particular that stood out to you in this scene? Uh, no, I had never looked at it from that point of view, really. I, I just, um, no, I never looked at it from that point of view. And, and I think it's interesting because she's trying to bring the occult and the paranormal into the TV. Which well, is... I, I, don't, I don't think that she's, I, I think that it, it, she, the character isn't, it's that, it's that the, the screenwriter is introducing us to the idea that it's there already by writing it into the script like she is. Her character wouldn't even have, her care, in other words, there, back then in the 70s, that kind of new age stuff was really popular. I remember like hypnotists, like my, my parents used to come up here to Hollywood and see uh, Pat Collins, the hip hypnotist, so that it's not that they're no, I don't think that that it was they were going that deep. It's just that she's she's just trying to throw out anything that will sell, and at the time those kinds of things were relevant. Oh, okay, I see. Because I see. the point is, is that the whole point is, is of this whole show is ratings, ratings, ratings. We have like fifteen minutes. So, so get to the scene where well, get to what happens with Howard and his breakdown, and then we need to talk about the scene in the, in the, in the conference room. Do you have to go soon, or...? or oh, no, no. I, we I can go thought, on oh, as long. You, we can go on as go long. go longer than an hour and a half? Yeah, because this is... I, I really oh, okay, want to talk yeah. about oh, okay. this. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. Yeah, go ahead. Oh, yeah, I'm good then. Okay, okay go ahead. Good, great, great. Okay. All right. So after this, uh, Diana accepts. She's like, she calls her husband and says, I'm not coming home. And they go out, and then they have a somewhat lovely dinner. They kind of just talk about weird stuff. Diana mentions that she's a terrible lay, like you said, that she's, she's not really good at sex. She's not about that. She's about, like you said, the ratings. That's all that matters to her. She sees TV as life. She sees every situation as a possible sitcom or a show or something. And so then 
Then we move along. Then we have a strange scene here because Howard, we go to Howard. He's, he's in bed laying down. And um, he's like somewhat of in a trance or something. He's half asleep and he's talking to somebody who's oh, not yeah. there. Oh, yeah. Okay, so now let me say this. Uh, uh, um, uh, spoiler alert. This is a scene that took me probably five times of watching the movie before I actually understood what in the hell is happening in that scene. It's a pivotal scene. Mm-hmm. It's an important scene. And Don't give it away, though, because I know what uh, you're going to say. I'm just saying, it, and, and you can easily miss it because it's of him in the dark. So it's his face in the dark, and he's, he's basically um, whispering yeah. in the movie. So it's very hard to hear him. Right. So when you're watching the film, you have to make sure that you can hear what he's saying because, um, and, and even then you may, it's not implied that you know what's happening in this exactly. scene. Exactly. Because when I saw that scene, I was like, what, what's going on? To me, it seemed like that scene was out of place. It didn't make sense right. because, right. The, and that's the thing. It doesn't make sense till later. This, right. this right. is foreshadowing something. Like, like you said, this right. is the major important. So he's laying in bed and he's like mumbling to something. He's talking to something or somebody that we can't see or hear. It's like in his dream or something. And all you hear him say is he's saying, why, why, why me? And then he's, it sounds like he's listening for a second to somebody else. And then, and then he says, okay. And then the scene ends. And then, uh, so now we come to the next scene. Uh, it's, I, keep, I keep saying that, but anyways. Max and his crew decide to end uh, letting Howard run on his wild things on the news. Yet for some reason, I don't remember why, they don't stop Howard from ranting and letting him rant. And he tells a story of what happened to him the previous night. So he goes on the news. And this is the story that he tells to uh, all the people uh, on the news. So let me let me see this recording numbers. And by the way, this is this is classic, iconic, legendary Hollywood, super famous. Everybody's at some point in time probably more than likely seen this scene or heard this dialogue. Yeah, I've seen it in so many True the videos, yeah. Okay, so right. here it goes. Check this out, y'all. I told him. Why? Off. QBTA. Ready to. You announcer. The UBS Evening News. With Howard Beale. Take two, Last night, I was awakened from a fitful sleep shortly after 2 o'clock in the morning by a shrill sibilant faceless voice i couldn't make it out at first in the dark bedroom and i said i'm sorry you'll have to talk a little louder what do you want me to do nothing and the voice said to me i want you to tell the people the truth not an easy thing to do because the people don't want to know the truth and i said you're kidding what the hell should i know about the truth but the voice said to me don't worry about the truth I will put the words in your mouth. And I said, what is this, the burning bush? For God's sake, I'm not Moses. And the voice said to me, and I'm not God. What has that got to do with it? And the voice said to me, we're not talking about eternal truth or absolute truth or ultimate truth. We're talking about impermanent, transient human truth. I don't expect you people to be capable of truth, but God damn it, at least you're capable of self-preservation. And I said, why me? And the voice said, because you're on television, dummy. 
You have 40 million Americans listening to you, and after the show, you could have 50 million. For Pete's sake, I'm not asking you to walk the land in sackcloth and ashes preaching the Armageddon. You're on TV, man. So I thought about it for a moment. And then I said, okay. So that right there, that's very telling. He's telling you what he was experiencing in this dreamlike state. He was talking to right. somebody who's giving him right. orders, in a sense, of telling him, this is what you're going to do. And, it's very and the fact that we only see his face with his eyes open and him whispering and talking to whoever's talking to him in the dark. You don't see anything else. Right. All you see is just the darkness around him. It's very interesting that the sim symbolically it's shown that way. Right. Okay, so after yeah. this, Max, he's pissed again. He's like, oh, my God. Howard, what are you doing, man? You can't be just telling the truth on TV like that. So he goes to, to Howard, and he tells him, you need help, man. You need to seek therapy. But Howard rebuttals, and he said, and he, and check out this scene, because it sounds very reminiscent to that enlightenment, psychedelic type of talk that people talk about. It's like he has his revelation. He's figured something out. But then again, right, I think... Right, I, I, that's let me, more let me ask you, Agnew, and stuff, yeah. I, I wanted to ask you because uh -huh. I think, do you think maybe he had this experience because it was given to him by that voice he was speaking? Uh -huh. Or do you think it's genuinely him having this amazing, <clears throat> like, transcendental <clears throat> awakening? I don't think... Okay, so it's interesting. To, this is how I'm seeing it. This is how I process this movie. I don't think it's important to wonder it's i mean it's it's not that it's you i mean you can it's it, this is not fiction this is real life so i don't think on any level that that man was having i think that they're using him as symbolically to show us how men and how people how literally people's consciousness are is trapped by the news hmm. by the corporate media mm, and because because they're like it's like in this movie it says there is the soul the individual is dead there is no individual all right and so so it i i, I just think that I, I you know that voice may have been his voice of reason that voice could have been the voice of an angel. That voice, you know, I mean, that voice, I mean, who knows who that voice could have been? Hmm. It could have been the devil. It could have been a demon. We don't know who that voice. The point is, is what the script was, what's in the script is that, is that he gets to this point of such frustration and then goes to do what he does, which you're going to, Okay, right. So, okay, so this is the scene that he talks about when he's like, because Max is telling him, okay, you're done, you're fired, go get help, bro. And he's, and he's saying, no, man, I, I've figured something out, and this is his revelatory experience. Check this out. Howard, I'm taking you off the air. I think you're having a breakdown. Require treatment. This is not a psychotic episode. This is a cleansing moment of clarity. I'm imbued, Max. I'm imbued with some special spirit. It's not a religious feeling at all. It's a shocking eruption of great electrical energy. I feel vivid and 
flashing as if suddenly I'd been plugged into some great electromagnetic field. I feel connected to all living things, to flowers, birds, all the animals of the world, and even to some great unseen living force, what I think the Hindus call prana. I've never felt more orderly in my life. It is a shattering and beautiful sensation. It is the exalted flow of the space-time continuum, save that it is spaceless and timeless and of such loveliness. I feel on the verge of some great ultimate truth. Take me off the air for now, over any other spaceless side. So it's kind of hard to listen, but he's basically saying that he's had this revelatory experience where he feels connected to everything, to the plants, to the birds. Yeah, and, and it's important. Now, listen, I, I, I want to, this is how, this is how deeply subtle and powerful these, these, Social scientists are, they, um, they are also, many of them are probably practicing witchcraft. So what's going on there is that, you know, the way he mentions the fact that he uses the word prana. Yes, exactly. Is very, very, very important mm -hmm. because, okay, so what they're making it sound like he's having in this, in this movie is an actual type of what you what 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 a hindu master would call nervi kalpi samadhi which is the ultimate union of your soul with the cosmic divine spirit all right, right. and so so he's describing basically that and so the so again what they're doing is they're taking some vital essence of some major truth mm -hmm. about human beings and they're wrapping it inside their number 33 three times net, you know revelation of the met network uh, revelation of the uh, method black magic movie right so it's so so they're do you understand what i'm saying so it's really so it's so it's important so the last thing that you want to do is identify on any level with trying to learn anything from his character hmm. because you're going to be thwarted in you're going to get thwarted in it because they're they're it, it's because of it's not because of the message by itself but because it's coming in the movie that it's in right Okay, it's not, they, you know, they're not talking about prana the rest of the movie. Yeah, it's just like that weird <laughs> I mean, little you know, trigger. It's just there. So, it, and prana is a very, prana represents in Sanskrit, it means life force. And life force, to be more clearly defined, is that very divine power that makes everything atomic and subatomic down to the smallest particle work in a collective divine order that we call what we say is the universe wow. that's what prana is it's literal life force like our bodies 
like there is no life without prana mm, interesting i kind of got the the idea of the jedi the force or something right there for some reason yeah it's in fact it would be really so in sanskrit to actually define prana i'm doing almost a disservice to actually define the sweetness and the immediacy and the power of what prana symbolizes right if i was to have a better uh, uh, a depth, uh, uh, you know, a better vocabulary, perhaps, if we could all understand Hindu or Sanskrit, and then we knew we would have a better understanding, because prana is a, it's, it's a living word. I get you, Nagnu, but I think not even if you had a, a wonderful, exquisite language, I think you could, you could, this is prana, this is something bigger than humanity, you could be, barely right. even begin to understand it, it's something bigger than humans so that's why you know i'm on a, a whole kick recently to make sure that you know i'm not using the word love with everything you know i love this i love that because the word love has lost its sweetness right. and its immediacy and its perfection and its unconditional all that it's lost its value in today's society especially in language so but we're digressing okay so go ahead see like i i feel like a young girl would say i love that right now yeah yeah i love this i love that <laughs> okay all right so okay so well, let me see where i'm at okay so after this scene um he when he's telling him i've had this revelatory mystical experience he passes out which is very interesting which makes me think that this is him being controlled by that guy at the end jensen well his passing out is very interesting because he does it all through the movie. After every then, powerful message, he passes out. Right, right. He passes out. And that can be, you know, it's the fact that they joke about his death in the beginning. Him and William Holden, they joke about, you know, the opening of the movie. They joke about his death. And then they, and then he, you know, and then, you know, they, they joke about him blowing his brains out on TV. You know, the fact that they do that. And then the fact that they have him always... Passing out after he says something powerful is really, I, I, it's just ironic. I have not yet been able to read like all of that yet. Mm -hmm. It's that's why I keep watching this movie. Right. Okay. So he passes out and he's lying on, and then so uh, next scene, um, Howard wakes up. Let's see. Hold on. Uh, after this, he passes out, and then they're at Max's house. They brought him in there. And uh, Max, he wakes up like in the middle of the night and he's mumbling to himself. He says, everybody has gone crazy. How can they just sit in their houses and do nothing about all of this? And he's mumbling and it, it looks like he's sleepwalking. And he goes to the closet, puts on a jacket and like leaves his house. And there's no telling where he goes. So he, he goes missing. Howard goes missing. And everyone's looking for him. Hackett, uh, Duvall again, he's angry and, masked, and he's asking Max, where is Howard? He, uh, his latest broadcast was a hit, and everyone is loving it. The people are actually... And again, and again in this, in this movie, they over... They, they, you'll miss it, but they go hyperactive into... He goes... Robert Duvall goes into a great rant about how much ratings he's getting. Yeah, I recorded it. Much, I'm going to play you know, that. I'm going mean, to play that. Yeah, yeah. Okay, oh, so... He's, he's like such a pig. I love the guy. Yeah, I mean, I, when I was watching, I was like, damn, this dude's a badass actor. He so, is a pig. Like, he's a pig. Right. So, okay, so <laughs> his latest broadcast was a hit, and everyone was loving it. The people are actually looking for the truth. And check out this little scene where they're trying to look for, for Howard. Check this out. 
part in particular there that I don't know most people will miss but notice that he said that that station has been losing money so they're right. they're still running but they're losing money so right. this is not how people run a business why would you continue right. doing something that's not working that's the right, right, meaning right. of insanity because it's the media right because they're gonna still run because they're gonna they're gonna run no matter what right. and they don't care it, it, it so they're gonna run no matter what and it's like again all they're focusing on at the end of the conversation is 
how much money they're going to make in the ratings. Mm -hmm. They do not care about anything. And there's Max. Oh, you know, poor guy. You're going to, you know, you're going to, oh, you know, you know. This see, and this is what they're just basically doing is for the filler of the film is showing how the corporate takeover was underway that started in the seventies. That corporate mergers, that that whole idea of corporate mergers began in the seventies too. By the way, the whole idea of corporate mergers, mm. that whole thing started in the seventies, and it started primarily in the media corporations and then it spread like wildfire fire because as we discover later through the you know that this it's all it this is we're in a corporate world we're not in a we're not in a sovereign world like we're led to believe right everything's this been, entire planet everything's been we're, consumed we're and made part of the, a larger part of something hey, yeah uh, if you have a birth certificate you're own cattle like you're a, a cattle you know, with a brand, you just have a birth certificate right, right. and your numbers on the New York Stock Exchange. Right, right. All right. So uh, we just took a little break. So we established right now that in that scene, they're looking for Howard and they fired Max and Diane has taken over control, which to me, I don't know. I keep thinking Diana as the, <clears throat> as the Luciferian spirit, like she's the one who's really programming everything. So, OK, so we move on. So we remember Howard took off from the house saying, why is everyone um, not doing anything? And he wandered <coughs> out, and it was a storm. He wanders out, and so he's wandering the streets in the storm, and he's somewhat in a daze. He's kind of like sleepwalking, and he walks into the studio building, and they start prepping him, and he's kind of like in a zombie-like state. They're all getting him ready and preparing him. And as soon as the camera goes on, he goes into this amazing speech that I'm sure all of y'all have heard. Everybody's heard. Yeah, so here we go. This is a... Uh, uh, four minutes long, so this is a really good one. And this is more revelation of the method. So as fantastic as it sounds, remember, this rouses our emotions. So what they do is they hook our emotions in with this magic. So it's it's really subtle, and yet it's very powerful. Yes. Okay, so go ahead. Here we go. Here we go. Yesterday, for further consultations with his customers, he returned to the Vienna... This is Ed Fletcher in Vienna. Take two, Q. Howard. I don't have to tell you things are bad. Everybody knows things are bad. It's a depression. Everybody's out of work or scared of losing their job. The dollar buys a nickel's worth. Banks are going bust. Shopkeepers keep a gun under the counter. Punks are running wild in the street. And there's nobody anywhere who seems to know what to do, and there's no end to it. We know the air is unfit to breathe, and our food is unfit to eat. We sit watching our TVs while some local newscaster tells us that today we had 15 homicides and 63 violent crimes, as if that's the way it's supposed to be. We know things are bad, worse than bad. They're crazy. It's like everything everywhere is going crazy, so we don't go out anymore. We sit in the house, and slowly the world we're living in is getting smaller, and all we say is, please, at least leave us alone in our living rooms. Let me have my toaster and my TV and my steel-belted radios, and I won't say anything. Just leave us alone. Well, I'm not going to leave you alone. I want you to get mad. I don't want you to protest. I don't want you to write. I don't want you to write to your congressman because I wouldn't know what to tell you to write. I don't know what to do about the depression and the inflation and the Russians and the crime in the street. All I know is that first, you've got to get mad. You've got to say, I'm a human being. God damn it. My life has value. So, I want you to get up now. I want all of you to get up out of your chairs. 
I want you to get up right now and go to the window, open it, and stick your head out and yell, I'm as mad as hell, and I'm not going to take this anymore. I want you to get up right now. Get up, go to your windows, open them, and stick your head out and yell, I'm as mad as hell, and I'm not going to take this anymore. Things have got to change. How many stations has this got? You've got to get mad. You've got to say, I'm not going to take this anymore. I'm not going to take this anymore. Then we'll figure out what to do about the depression and the inflation and the oil crisis. But first, get up out of your chairs, open the window, stick your head out and yell, and say, I'm as mad as hell, and I'm not going to take this anymore. Who are you talking to, Hank? Are they yelling at Lantern? Are they yelling at Atlanta, Ted? But first, you've got to get mad. You've got to say, I'm as mad as hell, and I'm not going to take this anymore. They're yelling in Baton Rouge. <laughs> get up, get up, get up out of your... Son of a bitch! Get up, we strapped the mother mode! Stick your head out of the window, open it, then stick your head out and keep yelling and yell, I'm as mad as hell, I'm not going to take this anymore. Just get up from your chairs right now. Go to Where the so anyways, the scene goes on and it's very powerful. And before I saw this movie, like you said, it's very enticing. I, I like it's bringing my emotions out. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, go. But if you really stick right. with it and you really watch the movie and understand it, they're reeling you in for some reason. And that's how the devil works. Like he doesn't come with you in horns and a, and like he looks evil. He looks beautiful and amazing. And he right. That's why this is uh, that's why it's revelation of the method. It's uh, so what they're doing is they're mocking us by showing us not sometimes they do it for the future. But quite often they'll do it for the present time. They're showing us what they're doing to our brains and to our lives in real time. Right. Because unless they do that and unless they get our permission to do that, then we're not going to acquiesce to the magic and it won't work for them. So the way they do that is through news and entertainment. Because by doing this and all the psychology that they use through the Tavistock and the magic, what they're there, that's why it's called broadcasting. That's why it's called programming, because they're broadcasting their spells and programming us with monarch programming, disassociative, MK Ultra, topological psychology based conditioning. They're 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 giving us a false reality and traumatizing us and breaking us down. And getting us to the point where we're going to get to the point where we, everything that we think is, that we see is fake. Because see, without these emotional hooks, without us being able to identify with that character on the screen, which is so important because you're seeing it on a screen. And that's, that's where the, a lot of the magic is. Mm -hmm. That's where, so if it's emotional, especially if it's something, well, it's a positive message. Mm -hmm. Okay. Well, think about why, why would the devil give you a positive message? Mm -hmm. Now, to sit back and meditate on that. Right. To, why like I would said, the to devil you in. give you a positive message about anything in life? Right. Yep. To, to reel you in. That's how they do it. They, they feed you yummy stuff and you're like, oh, I exactly. want more. Exactly. I want more. Right. Okay. So, okay. So after that, um, 
we skip forward into the future and Howard is doing amazing. Like he's become fourth in the nation and he's outdoing all the other shows combined. And uh, so they're all like successful, it's evolved and uh, Diana's done pretty good for herself and she travels to LA and she's going there to discuss future news content with a woman named Mrs. Hobbs from the Ecumenical Liberation Army. This is that army that we were talking at first, who do the terrorist groups and suppose. Can you explain what this group is? Because I, I can't. She I was sort of okay. So back in the day, there were there was Patty Hearst and and the Symbionese Liberation Army Army. And Patty Hearst was the granddaughter of William Randolph Hearst. You know, he's a big newspaper magnate. Mm -hmm. And there was also um, Patty Dave. I think her name was. There was Patty Hearst, and then there was Angela Davis. And Angela Davis was this African American, like radical, like woman, like they're portraying in the movie. So they're portraying an Angela. See, so there's no historical character reference in that character. They're using her as an allegory to back then. Um, Angela Davis. Right, but what was this group about? Like, what was their message? What were they trying to show? Uh, there was, it's not that there was any message. It's they were just some sort of radical. She even, the way they make it describe, they're just some crazy. In other words, there's no need to pay attention to who the group was. It, it was just written in the script just to get the message across. In other words, the group never existed. It was all fake. There was no such group. Okay, but she's there because she wants to make a deal with Hobbs so they can get constant footage of them doing. Right, this yeah, they want to get more and more. What they're doing is what you know what the media then started to do. They started then actually, actually going to great lengths to farm out more, as much you know crap as they could. Right. I mean, you know, it's it's, it's in many ways, it's this movie's allegorical, and, and you know, it's just. This particular storyline works really well because of the Angela Davis, you know, Symbionese Liberation Army. Everybody knows who Patty Hearst was. Everybody knows about the bank robbery that she did and everything. You know, anybody from back then, any baby boomer like me knows. Also. So it's sort of like it's in the cultural zeitgeist. Right, yeah. It's like if it would, if they made the movie today, they would use something completely different. Uh -huh. And they would not have, they would have no reference to that group. They would use it something else that was modern to today for people to understand. So it's allegorical. Yeah, okay. So yeah, so Diane's there and she's speaking with this group. She's like, let's make a deal. I want to get constant footage and y'all can put your message out there. But the lady, Miss Hobbs, interestingly, she's coming for a way higher thought, way form of thought because she's trying to put out a certain message and she's not, so according to her, she's trying to wake up the people to this, her radical ideas, but she wants right. she doesn't want to create it through manufacturing. She wants it to have honestly from people's hearts, but check out this little scene because Diane's like, Hey, I'm giving you the power. You can do whatever you want. Put your message. Yeah, whatever. That's funny. And so she's like, okay, so listen to the scene. Y'all this is number six. Okay, here we go. Okay, so it's important to note that Diana's last name is Christensen. So Christensen is, is there. She's meeting with Miss Hobbs, and there's like a whole bunch of news people there, like trying to make this deal. And then Miss Hobbs has her lawyer. So her lawyer is the one who starts talking to Ms., to Diana at first. So. Well, Miss Christensen, just what the hell is this all about? Because when a national television network in the person of Booby here, 
comes to me and says they want to put the ongoing struggle of the oppressed masses on prime time television, I have to regard this as scams. What Mr. Hayward was saying, Miss Christensen, was that our client, Miss Hobbs, wants it up front. The political content of the show has to be entirely in her control. She can have it. I don't give a damn about the political content. What kind of show did you have in mind? I'm interested in doing a weekly dramatic series based on the Ecumenical Liberation Army, and I'll tell you right now, if the first show has to be a two-hour special on Marianne Gifford. Let me tell you what I want. I want a lot more film, like the bank ripoff the Ecumenical sent in. The way I see the series is, each week, we open with an authentic act of political terrorism, taken on the spot in the actual moment. Then we go to the drama behind the opening film footage. That's your job, Miss Hobbs. You've got to get the ecumenicals to bring in that film footage for us. The network can't deal with them directly. They are, after all, wanted criminals. The Ecumenical Liberation Army is an ultra-left sect creating political confusion with wildcat violence and pseudo-insurrectionary acts, which the Communist Party does not endorse. The American masses are not yet ready for open revolt. We would not want to produce a television show celebrating historically deviational terrorism. Ms. Hobbs, I'm offering you an hour of primetime television every week into which you can stick whatever propaganda you want. The ecumenicals are an undisciplined, ultra-left gang whose leader is an eccentric to say the least. He calls himself the Great Ahmed Khan and wears a Hussar's shako. Ms. Hobbs, we're talking about 30 to 50 million people are shot. It's a lot better than handing out uh, mimeograph pamphlets on ghetto street corners. to take this matter to the Central Committee. I'd better check it out with the great Ahmed Khan. I'll be in the alley until Saturday, and I'd like to get it rolling. So how wild is that, guys? A TV producer, programmer, is in bed, essentially, with an affiliate of a terrorist group. Like, they're making these... Like, what What the fuck? Are you serious? So the well, people... So there, so there you have complete, complete... Fictional indicative reference to the Central Intelligence Agency of America because they are our, the CIA and the media are one and the same. Right. Yep. Okay. So that's just one more reference. They're letting us know that basically in an offhand way, they can't tell us. Okay. So they have to. Get us to think it some way, so they suggest things that cause us to think ways where those thought possibilities enter our our our, our thought processes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. Thereby, we think that they're organic. Oh, I I know. I just thought, and then I'll bet, right. and then you know, and yeah. then other people talk with other people. That's how it's done. Mm-hmm. You can't. We, they can't tell us because that would go against the magic. Yeah, that's the whole thing from the movie Inception. They can't tell you. They have to implant the idea without you knowing. Yeah, it has, the idea has to be implanted. And that's the whole point of topological psychology, by the way. And the whole that's how the Gallup poll was created and the Gallup company and all polling ever since then, all surveying is mind, mind it's brainwashing. It's conditioning it's Mm -hmm. 
it's it's fuckery it's chicanery it's skullduggery it's right. dirty dry gulching i like I mean, that word what does skullduggery all, mean again skullduggery is like robbing of your robbing of all of your 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 possessions and dirty dry gulching dry gulching is my favorite is when you lie in wait in a ditch or something and wait for your enemy to come by to attack them oh, damn. <laughs> so you're a dirty dry gulcher you're laying in the in a ditch in the sand like a <laughs> playing dead yeah waiting for your enemy to come by to I heard that in an old Lone Ranger, and I was like, oh, I'm using that, you dirty mm, dry ghoster. <laughs> okay, so oh, in this scene, we realize that Diane convinces this lady, Miss Hobbs, to like go in bed with her and provide her with footage. And it's just, it, to me, that's sick, man. They're, they're literally Right, and so that goes on. So that's been going on, like, that goes on everywhere all the time. That's why we have what they call leaks. That's why they get right. scoops. Oh, that's yeah. why they have their sources. I mean, this is just, this is common fodder for the uh, 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 news industry, the yeah, media. It makes me think common right now, fodder. it makes me think of that whistleblower from Facebook that supposedly came out to spill the beans, but it was all done to help Facebook change into the metaverse. Yeah, Facebook created the, gave us the, gave us the, the person spilled. That was all a controlled event. Right. There was no whistle, whistleblower. Mm -hmm. Right. Uh, That's all another psychological operation on us all. Right. Okay, so we, we established Diane convinces her, and so we have a little small scene where Hobbs, and she goes to meet him, that guy, the great Ahmed Khan, who is like the leader of this radical group, and she tells him, I'm going to make a TV star out of you. You're going to become a household name. And that's very telling because that's how powerful the TV is. They, they can make a person, a name, uh, become common consciousness of the, of the whole and culture. That's the, and that's what they want, see? That's the whole point. The more saturated everything is and the more unreal everything gets because everybody, when they look at TVs, they think what they see on TV. Soon what happens is you begin to believe unconsciously now that what you see on TV is real and that everything in your world is not. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's an, that's how the magic starts to work on, on the, the lower consciousness people. Okay, so she goes and meets Ahmed, and then we come back, and they don't really show this or explain this, but it's, it's, you have to pay attention that Ed, one of the guys who could oppose this system, the, the guy hack it and kind of have a, a, kind of fight him in a way, he has a heart attack, and he kind of goes away, and this gives Hackett, uh, Duval the power to be in control of the station. So I don't know, I'm thinking what if they made him have the heart attack or what if they attacked him on purpose to hijack and do the coup so they can take control over the, the TV station. So um, so notice Ed dies and Hackett becomes the main guy at the station. So we go to Howard again. And since time has passed, like I said, his, his show grew and it's badass, they decked it up. They built a whole new studio for him and it's so well produced and they made a whole show out of it and, and it has a whole spiel of pushing back against the, the, the dominators, but it's really just, like I said, like Alex Jones shit. Like, it sounds like he's giving you the truth, but it's just a show to like hype you up and emotionalize you. So in this new uh, studio they built him is very interesting because they have a stained glass window in the back, which is supposed to, I guess, give the essence that they're in church. You know, he's kind of preaching to the masses. And so, um, so there's also segments in this program now. It's not only him just telling the truth. Now they also have um, 
an astrology, that lady, that witch, she comes and she has right. her own segment where she does a Civil the soothsayer, yeah. and they have all these people, which is to illustrate now, it's just to show you how much more they've started taking a little thing and just start spinning it. Mm-hmm. Right. Okay, then this is where the spin cycle comes in, where they get not just one, but they get all of this stuff coming at you, and it's carefully crafted. So there's a reason why they're introducing witchcraft. There's a reason why they're introducing terrorists. There's a because terrorists, remember, there are no such things and there never have been ever, ever terrorists. There were never a group of people that wanted to start jihad and take over the West. Those people that we were ever told existed were created by the people that run the media, which is the CIA and Mossad. Right. It's all a CIA, Mossad, M16, they're all involved. Terrorism is an Illuminati concept, right. just like democracy. And, and this is very telling in the show House of Cards. I liked it at first, but then and then in the middle of it, they, they figured out that guy, um, the main guy, I forgot his name, he was like a molester. So I couldn't really watch the show anymore. But in that show, House of Cards, he plays the president, right? And they get to this point where he's about to be reelected and he's like going down in ratings and all that. So they, in that show, they create the terrorist group in the, in the Middle East. And this is like, they're telling you right there, they created all of this for a certain narrative to get the votes to, so they can keep on winning. It's all fucking just psyops. No, and, and, it's not, and, it's not, and it's not by accident that you're seeing that as entertainment. It's, right. not, it's not like, that's like, that speaks exactly to what I'm talking about. So it's not by accident that we're getting any... See, it's not the movie network that's so important. It's what's in it, what we're talking about. <laughs> see, so so it, it, it's what we're talking about that is so important. Because ultimately, the power of the media and the power of television <clears throat> is beyond what anybody would ever want to admit is in existence today now in this moment that we're talking right now right 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 all right so okay so now we're here in his new setup his new studio it's all badass and like i said they have that astrological lady it's very interesting because behind her on her little set she has like a astrological zodiac sign behind her and it has three large saturns which all of y'all know saturn worship all that kind of shit dark dark stuff so again, this whole show, it reminds me of Alex Jones, his InfoWars. It's very similar to me in, in that sense. Yeah. So, so then he gives this amazing and powerful speech again. Check this one out. And, and notice he passes out at the end of this. So here we go. Right. One, three, cue announcer. Ladies and gentlemen, let's hear it. How do you feel? Let's So right now they're just giving little a segment, uh, little intros or previews of the segments that they have, like a couple of different segments that they created. So it's become like you said, they start with a little idea and then they spin it. It snowballs into yeah, it a giant. Yeah, circus. Yes, exactly, exactly. It's a major circus. Okay, so let's continue. 
starring the mad prophet of the airways, Howard Beal. So he's basically, he's, like I said earlier, he's telling everybody that Ed, that guy died. So he's letting everybody know, hey, oh my God, look, pay attention. This and, guy. This, and this is a pivotal point because what he's doing is, okay, so, in, so, so this is, okay, so this particular monologue is what you would call revelation of the method inside revelation of the method. So what they're doing, he's telling on... He's telling the public how dirty the people that are screwing the public is to even themselves. Right. Okay. Let's continue. So, a rich little man with white hair died. What has that got to do with the price of rice, right? And why is that woe to us? Because you people... And 62 million other Americans are listening to me right now because less than 3% of you people read books. Because less than 15% of you read newspapers. Because the only truth you know is what you get over this tube. Right now, there is a whole, an entire generation that never knew anything that didn't come out of this tube. This tube is the gospel, the ultimate revelation. This tube can make or break presidents, popes, prime ministers. This tube is the most awesome goddamn force in the whole godless world. And woe is us if it ever falls into the hands of the wrong people. And that's why woe is us that Edward George Ruddy died. Because oh this God, company is now in the hands of CCA, the Communication Corporation of America. There's a new chairman of the board, a man called Frank Hackett, sitting in Mr. Ruddy's office on the 20th floor. And when the 12th largest company in the world controls the most awesome goddamn propaganda force in the whole godless world, who knows what shit will be paid for truth on this network. So you listen to me. Listen to me. Television is not the truth. Television is a goddamn amusement park. Television is a circus, a carnival, a traveling troupe of acrobats, storytellers, dancers, singers, jugglers, sideshow freaks, lion tamers, and football players. We're in the boredom-killing business. So if you want the truth, go to God. Go to your gurus. Go to yourselves. Because that's the only place you're ever going to find any real truth. But man, you're never going to get any truth from us. We'll tell you anything you want to hear. We lie like hell. We'll tell you that uh, Kojak always gets the killer and that nobody ever gets cancer in Archie Bunker's house. And no matter how much trouble the hero is in, don't worry, just look at your watch. At the end of the hour, he's going to win. We'll tell you any shit you want to hear. We deal in illusions, man. None of it is true. But you people sit there day after day, night after night, all ages, colors, creeds. We're all you know. You're beginning 
beginning to believe the illusions we're spinning here. You're beginning to think that the tube is reality and that your own lives are unreal. You do whatever the tube tells you. You dress like the tube. You eat like the tube. You raise your children like the tube. You even think like the tube. This is mass madness, you maniacs. In God's name, you people are the real thing. We are the illusion. So turn off your television sets. Turn them off now. Turn them off right now. Turn them off and leave them off. Turn them off right in the middle of the sentence I'm speaking to you now. Turn them off. Boom. And with that, turn off this phone. That concludes our show. Good night. Psych, April Fools. No, but see <laughs> how fucking. No, anyway, sorry. We're recording this on April Fools, you know. So. And so there, and so therein lies a very powerful part of this movie. So, th so this is one. So that monologue is the first important monologue of the film, because in so what they're again doing is they're giving us the truth. They're giving us the actual truth. They're telling us what they're doing. It. And they're doing it through a character that everybody idolizes in secret, but publicly shames and will never, and so ultimately will dismiss and never identify with. So as if they're throwing the truth out, see, and even though the truth is thrown out, it's never going to matter. Mm -hmm. Yeah, like he's telling you right there, the most important, to me, the most important message in the movie is go to your God. And because he says, the godless television. Right. He says it twice, godless. Mm -hmm. That's important that he puts that term in, godless. Because in this book that we have to, I want to share with you, you know, the Confessions of the Illuminati, the, the whole point right now, uh, the huge, one of the biggest jobs that the Jesuits are undertaking is their support of everything artificial intelligence because their intention is to usher in the Antichrist through AI. Right. So technology is, especially these screens that we have, our phones, our laptops, our tablets, our televisions, these screens are literal portals. Now, not to be scared or, you know, these portals, these, you know, this is only it's only for people that are a low vibrational frequency and that for whatever reason allow this in but so so yeah this 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 movie is this movie is amazing so that that particular monologue that he does is an important monologue because it sets up for what comes next right 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 damn yeah that that was fucking powerful and i've heard that many times and it's like damn that's like the the cherry on, on the top, but it's kind of like, it, again, they're reeling you in because at the end comes the most important part. So, okay, so after some time, Max and Diana, they reunite. I mean, Max had left. He had done his own thing, and, and so they reunite, and they go to some cheap motel, and she starts telling him, spilling the beans about how she's in bed with the Ecumenical Society to produce news content for them. So they're like, she's telling him, yeah, we're talking to this terrorist group. They're going to give us footage. Everything's great. And then she, so they start fucking, and then she starts writing him. And like we were talking about earlier, she like she's talking about the television. She's talking about she, she cannot stop. No, from the second that she gets inside the house and they're getting undressed through the entire process of her and him getting undressed, her and him getting in the bed, her and him throwing the covers over them, him getting around her and they're and they're talking. They're even when he's kissing her. 
Right. She only shuts up when he's kissing her. The minute his lips come off her lips, she's back into the sentence. She doesn't, her brain doesn't stop. Right. Yeah. She's physically there. She is definitely not there mentally or emotionally. Right. She's completely disconnected. And it seems like she's getting off more with her own story than the actual sex. So she comes like... She's a, not even there. Right. Yeah, she comes fast because <laughs> sex for her is like... I mean, and I know <laughs> sex for her is like like not the issue for her. Right, right. She busts like, like in three pumps. we got to get it over. Right. Let's just please get this over with right. because... Right. And another don't thing... don't understand what makes me tear. Yeah. Another thing I wanted to point out was how Max himself was full of it. Like he's claiming to only care about his friend and to be like honest and shit, but he's over here cheating on his wife, like of 25 right. years. Right. So, okay. So, um, which is typical. So, you know, and all of that behavior, by the way, is like as typical as a can of beans. Like there's nothing to, you know, like pick apart by that. That's just typical. Those are just, that's just people. Right. Right. Okay. So then, um, <coughs> So, so, so it comes to the, to the, to the forefront, uh, his wife, Max's wife figures out that he's been cheating on her. And it's interesting because, uh, even 10 years ago, people were so different. Like imagine the time before cell phones, like watching them have this. I, I do know I'm a 60. I know the time before cell phones very well. Yeah. So like <laughs> them having yeah. this conversation, cause Max is revealing that he's been cheating on her. And it's just very interesting how mature they are. They are older, but it's just interesting that I think maybe in the past people were more like... People just, were far more mature 50 years ago emotionally than they are now, right? by the way. And that's a, that's a result of the Tavistock and Frankfurt schools and the Rockefeller Foundation. Right, and they were just they, like honest and upfront. children. And like uh, now people hide to cheat and they're like, even when they... They made emotionally it, bankrupt people now. Right, okay. I so, mean, people that are not emotionally mature. So just check out how they talk about because it's it's very interesting and just the the way they speak. There were people back then just had a bigger vocabulary. Like I had to look up some of the words they talked about in the scene. <laughs> but check out how they how they have this fight. It's very mature. Check it out. Well, I'm obsessed with them. Say it. You keep telling me that you're obsessed, that you're infatuated. Say that you're in love with them.
say something for God's sake. I've got nothing to say. So that was just a little sidebar, but it's just very interesting how more, deep people were so much more different in, in back then. So let, yeah, and that yeah, they were, they really were. Okay, so I agree. After that, uh, they have another like shareholder meeting, and it's like a big party. They're all happy because they're making so much money, and then but while they're having this party, uh, they're, they're on the West Coast, so it's kind of important to notice that they're on the West Coast, and Howard is on the East Coast, who so he's recording, and his show goes up like three hours before that it goes, it gets aired on the West Coast, so. But this time, Howard, like, he, he oversteps his bounds. He's, like, really spilling the truth, and he's letting everybody know what's going on with the CCA and how this, the TV station's getting bought, bought up. And this, is, this goes in ties with that whole idea that everything's becoming a conglomerate. Everything's becoming one. All these TV stations are being bought up and being controlled with, with, for one corporate structure. So check this out. This is, this is very important because this is, this is when... Um, Everyone's distracted, and Howard, they think they can control him, but he's like, right now he's spilling the beans, so check this out. So this is Hackett. He gets a phone call because the people are watching. They realize that Howard is spilling the beans and they're pissed. So they call Hackett and they're like, what is going on? And he's like, I don't even know what's going on. We're having like a party. Tell you who they're buying CCA for. They're buying it for the Saudi Arabian Investment Corporation. They're buying it for the Arabs. Clarence Frank Hackett here. How's everything back in New York? How's the good lady? <coughs> All right, Clarence, take it easy. I don't know what you're talking about. When? Tonight's show? Clarence, take it easy. The Howard Beale show's just going on out here. You guys get it three hours earlier in New York. Clarence, take it easy. How the hell can I see it? It's just going on now. <laughs> what is Mr. Jensen call? We all know that... The Arabs control $16 billion in this country. They own a chunk of Fifth Avenue, 20 downtown pieces of Boston, a part of the port of New Orleans, an industrial park in Salt Lake City. They own big hunks in the Atlanta Hilton, the Arizona Land and Cattle Company, a part of the bank in California, the bank of the Commonwealth in Detroit. They control Ramco, and that puts them into Exxon, Texaco, and Mobile Oil. They're all over. New Jersey, Louisville, St. Louis, Missouri. 
And that's only what we know about. There's a hell of a lot more we don't know about because all of those Arab petrodollars are washed through Switzerland and Canada and the biggest banks in this country. For example, what we don't know about is this CCA deal and all the other CCA deals. Right now, the Arabs have screwed us out of enough American dollars to come right back and with our own money buy General Motors, IBM, ITT, AT&T, DuPont, US Steel, and 20 other American companies. Hell, they already own half of England. So listen to me. Listen to me, goddammit. The Arabs are simply buying us. There's only one thing that can stop them. You. You. So, I want you to get up now. I want you to get up out of your chairs. I want you to get up right now and go to the phone. I want you to get up from your chairs, go to the phone, get in your cars, drive into the Western Union offices in town. I want you to send a telegram to the White House. By midnight tonight, I want a million telegrams in the White House. I want them wading knee-deep in telegrams at the White House. I want you to get up right now and write a telegram to President Ford saying, I'm as mad as hell and I'm not going to take this anymore. I'm so this is the part that they don't want out. It's like they thought they had him in control, but he's spilling the beans and he's telling everyone to demand some kind of answer or questioning from the government. And that's the last thing they want. That and he's also he's also letting everybody know how these corporations are are are, are working and how they're being how each other is how they're taking it. They don't so they're airing their pub their dirty business out in public. And that they don't want him doing. So what he's done is that they they they've taken this guy. Oh, isn't this cute? He's like, he's like Mr. You know, tell the truth about everything, right? Mm -hmm. And it's backfired on them. Right, right, right. So Hackett's in real shit now. He's scared. He's like, my head's on the stake right now. So he thinks he's in trouble and all. But then he gets a call from Mr. Jensen. The main. I don't know who he is exactly, but he's. I think he's the main guy. And He's the head of CCA that they're talking oh, about. Oh shit! The, the, okay. the Arab, the deal with the Arabs. Okay. The head of the. Of, he's the. He's the guy that Hackett answers to. Okay. Right. So he's the main guy in charge. So, he. Okay. This is the most telling scene that you were telling me about before. But okay. So, so Jensen, the main guy, the owner of the CCA, he calls Hackett and Howard, both of them, to 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 meet with them. He wants to talk with them, and, and uh, Hackett's scared. He's all scared shitless. But then Jensen comes in, and he takes only Howard. He says, Howard, I want to talk with you. He says, I'm the best salesman, which I kind of gives me hinting that maybe they're talking about Lucifer or something. He says, I'm the best salesman. I can sell religion to an atheist and all of this stuff. He's like, he's the main man. That's why he's in his position, because he's such a good wordsmith. He can sell. He, he has a good word, he, a mastery yeah, of the he's language. At the, he's at the top of one of these corporations, right. is what I'm saying, right, right. of one of these six corporations of one of these six media conglomerates. He's right. one of those dudes. Right. So he grabs uh, uh, How Howard, and he says, come with me. And he takes him to this, like, dark room, which is where I am. A boardroom. It's, he takes it into their boardroom. And this is exactly the type of place that I imagine all of this shit really goes down. Smoky, dark rooms like this. And Jensen, he closes the blinds and he sets the ambience of darkness. And it's very strange. And then he tells him this. Pay attention, guys, because this is, this is where he we, we, the movie reveals that who Howard was talking about to earlier in his dream was Jensen. Jensen was communicating to him. And so when, pay attention, because when he's giving this speech, Jensen, he's telling him he's 
He's basically saying, you fucked with us. What are you doing? But then he kind of says, that's kind of what we want. We want all this destruction and we want dehumanization. That's the most important part. They want people to, the, the idea to dehumanize people because at the end they want to take a large portion of us out. So we're going to end with most, this clip. It'll be the last clip we play. But yeah, this, because he's basically letting everybody know. He tells us all that there are no, there are the individual and the state are dead. Right. There are only corporations. Right, right. That's very important. That's the, that's, and that's why they only talk about ratings through the entire part of the movie is because of the fact that there are only corporations. And the thing that keeps corporations alive are not ratings, but higher and higher share share takings in the money and ratings equals high more money so that's why so so they only live not for us but to make more money right okay so pay attention because this is again the revelation of the method the real idea like again it doesn't matter what's what, what the message is because at the end of the day they have they reel you in with the, some of the truth, and then at the end, they fucking uppercut you with this fucking major story that they want implanted in your head. Yeah. So check this out. Again, this is Mr. Jensen talking with Howard alone in this dark, scary room. You have meddled with the primal forces of nature, Mr. Leo, and I won't is that clear? Do you think you merely stopped a business deal? That is not the case. The Arabs have taken billions of dollars out of this country, and now they must put it back. It is ebb and flow, tidal gravity. It is ecological balance. You are an old man who thinks in terms of nations and peoples. There are no nations. There are no peoples. There are no Russians. There are no Arabs. There are no third world. There is no West. There is only one holistic system of systems. One vast and demane, interwoven, interacting, multivariate, multinational dominion of dollars. Petrodollars, electrodollars, multi-dollars, rank marks, rims, rubles, pounds, and shekels. It is the international system of currency which determines the totality of life on this planet. That is the natural order of things today. That is the atomic and subatomic and galactic structure of things today. And you have meddled with the primal forces of nature. And you will atone. Am I getting through to you, Mr. Beale? You get up on your little 21 inch screen and howl about America and democracy. There is no America. There is no democracy. There is only IBM and ITT and AT&T and DuPont, Dow, Union Carbide and Exxon. Those are the nations of the world today. What do you think the Russians talk about in their councils of state? 
car loans? They get out their linear programming charts, statistical decision theories, minimax solutions, and compute the price, cost, probabilities of their transactions and investments, just like we do. We no longer live in a world of nations and ideologies, Mr. Beale. The world is a college of corporations, inexorably determined by the immutable bylaws of business. The world is a business, Mr. Beale. It has been since man crawled out of the slime. And our children will live, Mr. Beale, to see that perfect world in which there's no war or famine, oppression or brutality. One vast and ecumenical holding for whom all men will work to serve a common profit in which all men will hold a share of stock, all necessities provided, all anxieties tranquilized. Oh, God. All boredom amused. And I have chosen you, Mr. Beale, preach this evangel. Why me? Because you're on television, dummy. So oh that, my God. See, that's the whole okay, thing. Okay, and right there. Yeah. Don't forget the voice. He says to the voice, why me? And the voice says, because you're on television, man. Right. That's and now, here's this main Heavy duty CEO cat telling him because you're on television, dummy. And when he says all anxieties quieted or something like that, I'm like, you know what? That's some scary, scary heavy duty. So, what they're referencing to there is a one world order. Mm -hmm. Just like in Brave New World. One world order. Just like in Brave New World, where they can control you completely. Yes. Straight up one world order. That's exactly, because that's exactly how they're getting there are through corporations and banks. That's the only way. That's not the only way, but that's, that's the main body of it. Because without the banks and the corporations, there would be no money to move all this stuff. Right, right. And that's why... So that particular scene is so chilling because they're really letting you know that that the way they see us is, I mean, we are the goyim. We're the we are the goyim. They are see, and they consider us subhuman. They consider us as if they were we were literally cattle. They don't consider us human beings. These people that are running this whole thing, the people at the very top, top, don't consider us human beings. They they consider themselves human beings, and they consider themselves the right to be here on the planet and all the rest of us to be killed. 
Yep, and it's dark because after this revelation, he uh, Jensen tells him, you're going to continue, but you're going to give my message now. And then as Howard comes back into the air and he spills the real truth about the New World Order and what they want to implement, people tune out. They're like, oh, no, this is depressing. We don't like it anymore. It's not like your previous show where you were making us feel good with all of this good emotional stuff. Now you're actually telling us the truth, truth, and we don't like it. And then like he, his ratings start to dwindle. And then so we get toward the end of the movie where Diane's like, they have a meeting again. And Hackett is explaining to the, the group, the main people like Diane and all the people in the major ups in their TV station, he's telling them, well, this is what Mr. Jensen wants. Even though this show sucks and we're going to start losing money again, this is what he wants to keep on promoting. And he's, mm-hmm. he's firm on his position. And so then this is the last instance where they put the number 33. Diane says, okay, well, I mean, I guess if that's what's going to happen, that's what's going to happen. Do you really want me to read this report to you? And Hackett goes, yeah, read it to me. And she's, she goes on to say how they're, Ratings are lowering, and now how they're at a 33 share, so they're right. they're, they're lowering. But Boom. 33, that's exactly where Jensen wants it. So that's very telling, right there. Right. Boom. E- even though it, the ratings went down, that's exactly what they want them. And, so, and there's no way that they use the number 33 like that in the script by accident right. or coincidence. Right. Let me just that you need to be very clear about. Very important. Okay, so then they conspire, and they're like, fuck it, we're going to have to kill him. And this is like, do you... Yeah, and let me back up. So, so okay, and so the way... Okay, so these so these executives, they're all, they're all exasperated. So just let me give a synopsis of the scene, because it's mind-blowing, because you blink and you'll miss what they consider, you know, they, they decide to kill him, but the way they're all sitting around, it's like... So they they all they're all they all tell about what's on the report, how much money how much money they're losing. They see how much money they're losing. They see where their standings will be if they continue to lose money. So their careers are on the line. Mm-hmm. So and it's all known so Shalant, so they say, Well, what do you think that we should do? And she and they and she says, Well, let's why don't we just kill him? Mm-hmm. And so they go, Okay, let's just kill him. Just and, kill this other right? bitch. And then they talk about like, how to do it. And it's like and it's like it's like saying, Well, why don't we take him to lunch tomorrow? Okay, we'll just take him to lunch tomorrow. Mm-hmm. I mean it's not like I mean they're saying, Let's kill this guy. And it's and it and the way they it's delivered, it's delivered as if you're delivering somebody a cup of coffee right. from you know, go to the coffee. Here you need a cup of coffee. Yeah, here's a cup of coffee. Like it's nothing. I mean, it's like it's it, there. It, it, it's it's abs- There's no human life in it. There's only ratings. Mm-hmm. Oh, so what do we need to do? Oh, well, we'll just kill him. Oh, okay, we'll just kill him. Right. And when people say, "Do you think that they really killed Kennedy?" Because all oh, this stuff, like, dude, get wake no, up. No, he Where's- was he was killed. That was an Illuminati ceremony. No, right, that's what I'm saying. I'm saying that when people, when we mentioned the idea of, okay, do you think there's really groups killing people because of dark stuff? Yes, it's happened in the real world. And they're telling you this in this movie. They kill people for their purposes. They will kill the president in broad daylight. Anybody for anything. Yeah. People are expendable. Lives are expendable. Oh, yeah, for sure. So I hope you guys like that. I would love to do more of these. Um, And so there's there's a pivotal ending to the movie, which we really shouldn't give away. So yeah. there's a really so so after all this takes place, there's a really important pivotal thing that sort of ties everything all together for this movie in a really amazing scene. Yeah, and, and exactly. I didn't want to give it away because I want people yeah. to go watch it. Y'all go yeah, watch it people, because 
the final scene, where his final truth is the most depressing, but the real true truth. Yeah, it's, and, and so, and, and, and what is actually meant to do is to depress you. Right, but that's the truth because that's what's to come. So, right, right. So there's so one last more. Yeah, go ahead. They're sorry. making up a truth that's to come, and it's only to come if we accept it and we allow it in. Right, right. Yep. We can walk away. It's all about we where can, your attention goes. We don't goes. have to accept this. Right. And so with that, guys, I hope you liked this episode. I, I would love to do more of these. I, I love breaking down movies. It's, yeah, I, this was great. Yeah. So we'll do another one. Really, and you did a really good job about getting the, the right dialogue. I'm really impressed. For the first time watching it, you got, some, you got the right dialogue, by the way. And so I'm really impressed, by the way. So kudos to you on that one. Because like, like I said, I've probably seen this movie now 20 times. Thank you. And I can, re I can repeat a lot of the lines. Like, I know when they're going to say this and that. So, um, yeah, and this movie is definitely a textbook because I, I, when I watch it, I, it's always brand new to me. Right. Yeah. And see, that's my thing. Ever since I was little, I would notice these dialogues. and I would be like, this, this is it. Pay attention because this is where they're spilling the beans. And that's why I call the truth in media. I'm showing you the truth that they display in media to brainwash you. And so. And they're doing this, by the way, everywhere. In right. Hulu and Netflix and mm -hmm. Roku Songs, music and, videos. And, and, and your music videos and books and right. comic books. They're doing this everywhere. It's not just in this movie network from 1976. Right. It's everywhere now. Right. And so with that, guys, I want to end it on this. Because, for example, when I was little, it's hilarious. Me and my brothers, we'd watch something scary on TV. And then I'd say, okay, let's watch a cartoon to cleanse our palate. Because I didn't want to go to bed with all that dark shit in my head. So... Look, guys, I don't want to fear monger. I'm just showing y'all the truth to empower you because once you notice this, you'll, you'll notice that there's people trying to fuck with you. And once you realize that, you'll be like, oh, you're trying to fuck with me? All right, I'm going to fuck back with you. And, like, this empowers me. And so this is, like, watch this, guys, and pay attention and notice that, yeah, they're fucking with you, but you can do something to wake up. And so to yeah, cleanse... knowledge is power, Exactly. For sure. And so to cleanse our palate, guys, because, like, all this stuff is dark, and this is part of the thing, I guess. The movie ends on a very dark note. And so to cleanse our palate, I want to end with this song to like, because again, like in, in the Monsters, Inc. and the whole adrenochrome idea is that they feed off of our negative energy. So to end on a powerful light note, I want to end on this song by Louis Armstrong. And I love this song. I love oldies music. I love all kinds of music, but yeah. oldies too. So this is a song, When You're Smiling. So let's end it with this, with this idea that let's just smile, guys. I know the world is terrible, but you know, if you have your family... If you are even alone, you know, there, there is love, and love is always the answer. God is there, and love is the answer. If you love yourself, you take care of yourself, you heal yourself, you help others. So let's end it on this. And one, and one last thing. Remember, news media is a weapon designed to intentionally misinform and to invoke a neurological and emotional response in you to manipulate you. So understand it exactly for what it is, and you'll begin to exit the whole trip. You'll be able to disconnect if you realize that it's designed, it's specific purpose. Because the only way that it can change your mind about something is for you to have an emotional attachment to something that you hear through the media or see. So if you get emotionally hooked to it, then you're hooked. Right. You can't get it through reason. They can't reason with you. They can do it through emotional hooks. Right. And that is where the magic lies. And it's really insidious. And you may not even recognize it. It's so powerful. Right. That's why it's so important. So the more you're aware of that, then the more... See, because it's here's the thing. 
and Lou Winkins shut up. I mean, listen, <laughs> I can't, I can't like t- all the music in my music library at 60 years old. I can't get rid of all that music. And you know what? It's made by so many Illuminati. Right. And there's so much revelation of the method. I can't do that. You know why? Because I, 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 I vibrate at a higher frequency. It, it's not going to affect me. Right. Yep. As long as you know that mm-hmm. there's a man behind the curtain and it's not the Wizard of Oz. If you realize that there's a man behind the curtain showing you the storm and it's, there's no real storm, then you're okay. Right. Yep. And remember, it's emotion. It's what moves you. The motion. It, yeah. it carries through you and it moves you and it makes you do certain things. So Exactly. So let's end on a powerful note. And remember, guys, smile. You know, things may be shitty, but you know what? Yeah. Fix what you can, what you have control over. Your life, your Smiling family. Smiling has a lot of power in it. Right. So, so again, let's end. And I know you got to go. I mean, if you want to wait, we can talk a little bit after. But uh, if you want to Yeah, I, I can talk for a little second. Okay, yeah. so uh, this song is four or four minutes, four minutes, four seconds. And uh, remember... Improve, I mean, know thyself, improve thyself, find the others, and then you'll know what to do. This is Louis Armstrong when you're smiling. Peace. Oh, when you're smiling When you're smiling The whole smiles with you, baby, baby Yes, when you're laughing when you laugh in Yes, the sun Comes shining through But when you cry in You're sighing, baby, and be happy again. Yes, and keep on smiling. Keep on smiling, baby, and I hope.
peace.